0: My best tonight to get through this and um, try to bring this this particular subject to a close tonight, if possible. in um, going back over my notes again, I think many of the things that I have yet to say are really just confirmation of some of the things that I've dealt with already in the previous two lessons. And um, and so I really, really, really would like to, if the Lord would allow me tonight, I'd really like to just finish this and then, the Lord willing, next we get into one more topic before we move on from this series on holiness and separation. Let's, uh, let's turn in our Bibles to Ephesians chapter 5 and uh, also we'll be reading from Colossians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 5 and Colossians chapter 3, hallelujah. Ephesians 5 and verse 19, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. And then Colossians chapter 3 and verse number 16, Colossians chapter 3 and verse 16, it says let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord, Amen so the Apostle Paul has very clearly laid out for us the scope of uh, permissible music we ought to allow in our lives. And and I hope, I I thought about it today as I was preparing again for this lesson, I, I thought about it. I hope that you have not misunderstood hope that none of you have misunderstood my point in the last two lessons, I've I've dealt so much with what we allow in the church, but may I remind you that you are the church. And so it's not just about what we sing here on the platform and out in the congregation, but it's also about what you're listening to when you're not at church. It's about what you're singing along with at other times because you are his body at all times. And you want to make sure that the kind of music that you surround yourself with fits into one of these three categories it's psalms, or it's hymns, or it is spiritual songs, spiritual songs. We're going to talk a little bit more about that here tonight. Amen. So this is lesson three, the Christian perspective on music. Let's, um, let's put our Bibles down and pray one more time, can we? Let's ask the Lord to talk to us tonight. We need his help tonight. Let's everybody talk to the Lord right now, I've got to have your help tonight, Lord Jesus. I can't do this without you. Lord, if you'll touch me, God, if you'll grant to me the strength that I need, God, I know it will help help you. God, use me for your glory, I pray. We thank you now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Let's love Him together one more time, everybody, before we're seated. Let's Let's love Him. Let's love Him. Let's love Him. Let's love Him. Ah, Jesus, we worship you. Jesus, we worship you. We worship you. Praise God. Praise God. God bless you. You may be seated. I am going to forego a review tonight. And just tell you, if you've missed a lesson or two, we'll provide it to you free of charge. Of course, you can always go to the website and listen there, if you'll go to the sermons page, the recent sermons you can find everything that is preached behind this pulpit, and it's right there for you to listen to, uh, stream it from the website, or download it and listen to it later. Uh, it's available to you. But I, I want to I, I want to move into something that I touched on I think in the very first lesson on music, and I want to go back to that tonight. And we're going to start right there um, because it's important for the things that I want to deal with in tonight's lesson. Uh, let's go to Ezekiel chapter 28 and verses 13 through 17, Ezekiel 28, verses 13 through 17.
1: Let's, let's read. Thou hast been in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was thy covering, the sardis, topaz, and diamond. Barrel, the onyx and the jasper, the sapphire, the emerald, and the carbuncle and gold, the workmanship of thy tabrets. Now, now, again,
0: I want you to notice. I pointed this out when we read this a few weeks ago, but I want you to notice again the workmanship of thy tabrets and of thy pipes.
1: Was prepared in thee. Was prepared in thee in, the day, in, the,
0: in the day that thou was created. These are musical instruments, and and here. God speaking says, when you were created, there was music in you. There was music in you. Now, to whom is he speaking? Let's keep reading here. Verse number 14. Thou art the anointed cherub that covereth. You are the anointed cherub that covereth.
1: I have set thee so. I set
0: thee so. Thou you were upon, upon holy the holy God. mountain of God. Thou hast walked up. You've walked up and down in the midst, of the, in the of, the midst of the stones of fire.
1: Thou hast protected in thy ways from the day. You you were perfect created. in your ways
0: from the day that you were created until iniquity was found. iniquity was found
1: in you. Read. By the multitudes of thy merchandise, they have filled in the midst with violence. And thou hast sinned before, therefore I will cast thee as profane out of the mountain of God. And I will destroy thee, O covering cherub, from the midst of the stones of fire. Thine heart was lifted up because of thy beauty. Thou hast corrupted thy wisdom by reason of thy brightness. I will cast thee into the ground. I will lay thee before kings. That they may behold now. Now,
0: now, in verse fourteen, the Lord is directing his remarks to the anointed cherub or angel that covereth. This particular angel was in Eden, the Garden of God, and so we understand. Now, in, in fact, if you if you've got your Bible there. You you might notice we started in verse 13, but verse 12 says that the Lord is addressing the king of Tyrus. But here's what we know. He started talking to the king of Tyrus. But then he begins to address the spirit that's driving the king of Tyrus. There's no way that anyone could say that the king of Tyrus was an anointed cherub that was in the Garden of Eden. And so we understand that God changed his direction a little bit and started speaking to the spirit that possessed that king. And God was talking to Lucifer himself. I find it interesting that the Bible says that when Lucifer was created he was created with music in him he was a musical being hallelujah the devil had music created in him now i'm i'm here to tell you if that was a part of his nature as God created him. Do you really think he's not interested in music today? Do you really believe that that the devil doesn't have his fingers in some music somewhere? This is the way he was created. It's how God made him. And I can promise you, music is still a part of who and what he is. And I'm here to tell you tonight that we need to be careful about music. Because music can help us worship God or it can lead us into the presence of this musical cherub. Hallelujah. Look, I want you to look at something here. Exodus chapter 32 verses 17 and 18. I want you to I want you to hear the conversation that is going on. Moses and Joshua are coming down from the mountain of God where Moses has been talking to God face-to-face, as it were. God God is carrying on a conversation with Moses, and now they're on their way back down towards the camp, and I want you to hear what is being said. Let's read Exodus 32, verses 17 and 18.
1: When Joshua heard the noise of the people as they shouted, he said unto Moses, There is a noise of There's war in the camp. a noise
0: of war in the camp. Now, now, look, Joshua starts hearing something, and he said, Sounds like there's a battle going on down there. Sounds like there's a battle raging down there. And so they stop and they listen a little closer. And Moses says this in verse 18.
1: And he said, This is not the voice. It's not the voice them of them answer.
0: that are winning a war,
1: neither the voice, nor the voice nor the of those that are
0: losing a war. But
1: the noise of but them that sing. It's the hear. noise
0: of them that sing that I hear. Now, now, here's my point to you. As these two men of God are coming down the mountain, they're having a hard time figuring out: is that music or is that war? I don't know about you, but that sounds like they must have been listening to some of these modern groups. Well, I'm telling you, sometimes I hear this stuff. I can't tell if they're fighting a battle or singing a song. Where do you think that music comes from? Where where do you think that music originates Music that creates confusion. That's not godly. That's not godly. Now, now, now look, I'm, I'm telling you, I believe, because here's what's going on. According to this, the children of Israel who know they've been raised, there's only one God, there's only one God. They know that. It's been ingrained in them. And yet they're down here at the bottom of this mountain dancing naked around a golden calf. Now what brought them to that state of mind? How did they reach a point that they're doing this? I submit to you, I believe that the music that was going on carried them into a state of frenzy. They were doing things they didn't even realize they were involved in. That's right. How how do you think, how do you think that 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 thousands of Jews could, could come before Nebuchadnezzar's idol and bow down and worship it? when they knew better than that. What what caused that to happen? Well, do you remember what Nebuchadnezzar said to the three Hebrews who refused? He said, listen, boys, we're going to start the music again. That music would be used to try to drive people to do things that they would not normally do. Saints of God, I'm telling you, I, I feel so strongly about this subject. I am telling you tonight that there is music that is of a satanic origin and if we're not careful as the people of God we can find ourselves letting that music influence us. That's right. That's right. I'm I'm convinced I'm convinced that there is music being brought into one God, Jesus named churches that has satanic origins. It was not born of God. We can't just accept every song we hear and put it into our repertoire. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jeremiah 20, I'm sorry, 32 and 34. Jeremiah 32, verse 34. Listen to this.
1: But they set their abominations. They
0: set the their house. abominations in the
1: house which is, called by, which is called by my name. To defile
0: it. To defile it. I'm telling you, if if there is music that, that is of satanic origin, and we bring it into the house of God, don't you think God considers that? an abomination. God's not pleased with us adopting the world's music and putting a few Christian lyrics to it. Sometimes they don't even do that. We may get into that in a few minutes, but I have been amazed sometimes at songs that I've heard that's supposed to be Christian songs. I have a hard time figuring out what's Christian about it. Second um, Corinthians chapter six, verses fourteen and fifteen says
1: this: "Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what hath fellowship, for what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion hath light with darkness? And what concord hath Christ with Belial? Or what part he that believeth with an infidel?" Look,
0: there is there is no way scripturally that you can mix good and evil. You can't do it. You can't do it. You can't take what is evil and mix it with what is good and expect the outcome to be good. It doesn't work that way in God's economy. It never has. In fact, I could take you over to the prophet Haggai where where, uh, the prophet asks the people. He said, he asked the priest. He said, I want to ask you something. You're wearing holy garments. If you take unclean flesh and wrap it in holy garments, does the flesh become holy or do the garments become unclean? Holiness is not contagious, but unholiness is. Ungodliness is, and any time that which is holy is touched by that which is unholy, the holy becomes corrupted. Now, the only exception to that, there is an exception. I preached about it a number of years ago. There is one who the apostle called the incorruptible God. When God took on flesh, he was the holy. And he's the only one that could touch the unclean and make it clean. Right? Right? I mean, that's part of the charges they brought against him. He touched a leper. He's unclean. And, and you know, the response, all he had to do was say, show me the leper. Right? Go find him. I want to see where's the leprosy. Well, he touched a woman that was unclean because of the issue of blood. Show me the woman. He touched a dead body which was unclean. Show me the dead body. You understand when the, when the incorruptible God touches what's unclean, he can make it holy. But man can't do that. And anything that man takes that's holy and mixes it with what is unholy, it becomes unholy it's it's um you know I've, I've i've talked about this with regards to truth before but but a number of years ago there was a soap company who thought they had come up with a great great um uh sales pitch and and they they all these other uh, bar soaps that were for sale had all kinds of perfumes and chemicals and and all these things in them. And so, uh, you know, people developing uh, skin rashes and irritations from using the soap. And so this particular brand came out with a slogan that said, we are 99 and 44 one-hundredths percent pure soap. And that's supposed to impress us. My problem is, if it's 56 one-hundredths Percent impure, then it's really a hundred percent impure, right? Right, it's not pure soap, and I'm telling you that once we take something that's holy and try to mix it with something that's unholy, it becomes one hundred percent unholy. What fellowship has righteousness with unrighteousness? What communion has light with darkness? What concord has Christ with Belial? What part does a believer have with an infidel? And yet, churches want to take the music of unrighteousness, the music of darkness, the music of Belial, the music of an infidel and join it to words of righteousness and light and Christ and believing and they think that sanctifies it but it doesn't. It doesn't. First
1: Corinthians 10 chapter. Uh, Chapter 10, verse 20. Listen to this. But I say that the things which the Gentiles sacrifice, they sacrifice to devils and not to God. And I would not that you should have fellowship with devils. Now, now I want you to look at this. Paul said the Gentiles are taking things and
0: sacrificing them, giving them to devils. And he said, once they do that, I don't want you having fellowship with devils. So he said anything that was given to the devil becomes devilish, right? Well, how much more is that true if it's taken from the devil? Hallelujah. So let me go back tonight. This is why I didn't want to do an extended review. Let me go back. We're going to read our text verses again, and I just want to point something out to you here tonight. Um, Ephesians chapter five, verse nineteen. Read it again.
1: Speaking to yourselves in psalms, psalms and hymns, and, spiritual
0: hymns songs. and hang on and what
1: spiritual songs
0: and what what kind of songs
1: spiritual
0: spiritual songs. Read
1: singing and making melody
0: in your heart to the Lord. And then Colossians chapter three and verse sixteen. The very same three categories of music. Colossians 3.16
1: says, Let the word of Christ dwell in your heart, dwelling you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns. and Psalms songs.
0: and hymns and what? Spiritual songs. There it is again, spiritual songs.
1: Singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord.
0: One more time, I want everyone to say spiritual songs. And I've pointed this out in each lesson, but it's important especially for what I want to say tonight in the next few minutes. I want you to understand that this adjective spiritual was necessary because the word songs was a generic term that could be applied to any music, worldly music, any kind of music, any song of any nature. You could use this same Greek word. So Paul qualified it. And he said, the songs that you use should be spiritual songs. And the word spiritual simply means it's opposed to what is carnal. The word carnal refers to those things that appeal to the base nature of mankind. All right, are you with me? So if music appeals to our base nature... That's not spiritual. That's not spiritual. So let me just very quickly, because, you know, I I mentioned the other night that I've had some very um, heated discussions, even with preachers over this subject, because there are men who believe that it doesn't matter what kind of music we use. They have no problem with us including any kind of music in their worship service. And so we've gone round and round about it. And invariably, they will end up saying, well, identify a song for me that I shouldn't use. Or tell me what group I shouldn't listen to. Well, I'm going to tell you, that's not my intention tonight. And and I don't want to live Uh, From now until the rapture being the song police. I'm just telling you what I do want to do is I want to give you a few guidelines. And then you apply those guidelines. And and you determine if the music you listen to fits within those guidelines. All right. I'm going to do my best to control it as far as what we do around here but you need, to, you need to deal with controlling it when you're not at church. And you parents need to control what's played in your home. Well, it's right. If they're living in your house, you're responsible for what goes on in that house. You need to make sure that whatever music is being played in your house is something that God would be pleased with. So let me give you just a a few pointers tonight, a few characteristics of what I would consider to be carnal music. That's what we want to avoid. We don't want carnal music. We want spiritual music. Now, If you'll remember, in the opening lesson, I talked about how man is made up of three parts. Anybody remember that? What are they? Spirit, soul, and body. I talked about how music is made up of three parts, right? What are they? Harmony, melody, rhythm. All right, so, and then I talked about how that that at least from my perspective, I believe... That each of those three parts appeals to a different part of man. The melody, the lead line, um, the the the, the, um, the solo notes, if you please. That melody appeals to the spirit of man, to the to the most um, uh, shallow part of what we are. Uh, that's what the melody appeals to, and and I think I, I even had my wife get up and and play amazing grace just one note and just playing the melody of that song and you see how simple it sounds and and uh, it's fine but it really doesn't go very far but then you you add the harmony you add the chords the accompanying notes to that Melody and it gives it a deeper, more rich and beautiful sound. And then it goes deeper than just the spirit of a man and it reaches into his soul. The rhythm, the beat, the tempo appeals to the body, the flesh. Now, having said that, and I've pointed this out once, but I'm trying to help you determine what's good music and what's not. Inasmuch as the rhythm appeals to the flesh, a song would be considered a carnal song if the main factor of that music is the beat. If that's the overriding part of that music, then it's not spiritual music. And um, much of today's music emphasizes the beat over any other part of their song. In fact, really, we talked about it. Uh, A few nights ago. But we talked about how rap music really is just a beat with some words. They've taken melody out of it. They've taken harmony out of it. And it's just a beat. There's nothing there to appeal to the spirit or the soul. It only appeals to the flesh. I'm telling you, I don't care what the lyrics are. I see no reason why anybody that calls themselves apostolic should listen to rap music. Even this so called Christian rap, which we'll talk about in a little while, Lord willing. But, um, and, and you know what I'm finding? I'm finding that people are throwing that into the middle of some other song. They just start throwing that junk into the middle of good songs. What would be a great song if it didn't have that garbage thrown in the middle of it? I'm just telling you, somebody, somebody, somebody's carnal. Somebody's carnal. You know, and, and I won't even get into the lyrics of rap music, but help us, Jesus. If you think you can listen to that and stay spiritual, you really have problems. I- I'm assuming you know that. I'm not getting amens, but I'm assuming you know that. I'm talking about this whirly rap. There's, you shouldn't be listening to that. You shouldn't be listening to that. Uh, isn't it interesting? I mentioned this the other night, but when you when you pull up to a stoplight and there's, group of teenagers in a car or truck or some vehicle next to you, you don't hear, you don't hear uh, the voices of a choir coming out of, the, uh, out of the windows of that car. In fact, you may not even hear a melody at all, but you can feel the rhythm, the beat as the entire vehicle vibrates. They've got the beat turned up so loud. And and listen to, I'm telling you something. That is the height of carnality. I don't care who they are. I don't care what they're listening to. It's the height of carnality. Because that beat is not doing anything for your spiritual man. Now, I'm not telling you we shouldn't have a beat. It's, it's a part of what God created in music. I'm telling you, it ought to accompany the music, not lead it. Hallelujah. Another characteristic of carnal music is the use of, um, for, for lack of a better term, I'm going to call it syncopation. Now, syncopation can mean a lot of things. Let me, let me define it as I'm using it. Um, it. It is a variety of rhythms that are in some way unexpected, making part or all of a tune or a piece of music offbeat. Now, by that, I don't mean the offbeat. I mean it's not a normal beat. Uh, more simply, syncopation is a disturbance or an interruption of the regular flow of rhythm a placement of rhythmic stresses or accents where they wouldn't normally occur. Um, in other words, it's accenting what is a normally unaccented beat. Now, if you don't have any music uh, knowledge, then I probably just spoke a lot of Greek to you. And, and um, I don't want to do that. I want you to understand what I'm saying. But, um, you know, when, when, when we are singing a song, And Sister Becca, come help me. My wife's got our grandson for the very last night tonight. We take him home tomorrow, but let her enjoy the moment. And if you'll just come help me here. Um, I wish Brother Jared Hilton was feeling better. I know he could help me, but uh, he knows where I'm coming from here. But I don't mean I'd still have you on the piano, but here's what I want to do. I just want you to play some song. Um, What did we start with tonight? God is an awesome God. All right, just 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 play that. And then I just want I want you as a congregation just to clap. I want you just clap your hands to the beat of the music. All right? Would you do that? Okay, now most of you are keep clapping. Most of you are clapping on the offbeat, and that's it's an interesting thing to me. If I go to a to a country church, they're generally clapping on the on-beat. And I don't know why that is, but it's is was just keep clapping, keep clapping. But what, what I want is if I could get somebody here that can do it, we, we want somebody else clapping on the on beat, all right. Okay, so you got an offbeat, you got an on beat. But but with what we're talking, keep keep going. I don't want you to stop. I, I gotta show you something here. What I'm talking about. Yeah, see, some of you are getting confused now because you don't know when to clap. Yeah, there should be two beats going here, all right? So so what happens with this carnal music, just keep clapping, keep clapping. You're, you're getting tired, don't All right, now, do, can you hear how that's in the cracks it's not the on beat, it's not the off beat it's in between did, did anybody hear that? recognize that? alright, thank you this is what I'm talking about with with carnal music it's not that that's wrong in and of itself but when music starts starts emphasizing things that are not a part of the normal rhythm of life and I've talked about the, the, the effect that music has on us, it affects the rate at which we breathe. It affects uh, the rate of our heartbeat. It, all of that is affected by the music we're listening to. And so when when the thing that's being stressed in that music is is not natural, it's in the cracks rhythmically, then it's creating again a real tension within you physically all right is everybody with me it's 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 not normal it's not natural and again it's not that it's a sin it's just that shouldn't be the focus that shouldn't be the main part of the music all right um in 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 most music that I would consider carnal the main instruments of course, are going to be instruments that are used for um, for the rhythm. The drums are going to play a much more important part than what the other instruments would um, but you'll also notice many times that they will include um electronics so that they can create a distorted sound and again it's just not a natural and I'm not against the use of all distortion I'm just trying to I'm trying to identify you put all these pieces together and you end up with with music that does not help us spiritually but it drags us down so, so they, they'll take what they can and distort the sound as much as possible so that, again, it doesn't sound like natural music. All right? Um, another thing, carnal music is generally meant to be played at unnatural levels of sound. It's supposed to be really loud. Right? Talk to any, any kid out there that's listening to worldly music. I'm going to tell you, they don't want it playing soft in the background. It's not written to be played softly. It's supposed to be as loud as you can get it. Now, I will tell you, I know I had a, I had a preacher talk to me. He, had, um, he was part of a conference. And he had asked someone to kind of take care of the music for that conference. And he was confronted by the management of the conference center. Now, this was, this was an apostolic meeting. But the manager of the conference center talked to him because they said the levels of volume in the music that the music leader was using was equivalent to that of a rock concert, to the point that it it separated the sheetrock from the studs. The volume of it was affecting the structure of the building. Now, what do you think that's doing to our bodies? I read this just today. I read this just today. Normal levels of conversation are around 65 decibels loud. That's normal conversation is about 65 decibels, all right? But, but music levels in today's concerts can reach between 100 and 120 decibels. Almost double what the normal conversation. That's like somebody standing right beside your head and yelling in your ear. And and they said that at a level of 110 decibels, hearing loss can occur after only two minutes of exposure. Two minutes. And you start losing your hearing. Now what's going on for an hour and a half while these concerts are so loud that you can't even hear yourself think. Are You young people get on your headsets or your earbuds and crank the volume as loud as you can get it. Um, we'll, we'll talk about that in just a moment. I'm gonna, I'm gonna come back to that. I'm just trying to give you some characteristics here, music that I don't believe God's pleased with. You put all these things together. But we, we talked about, we had Sister Regan two weeks and I won't do it again, but had her two weeks in a row show you the suspended chords and resolve that suspension and how that built tension within you. This carnal music will employ that a lot and generally never resolve most of that tension. They want the tension created and left there. And what happens is, now, I'm telling you, if, if I were to have her come and just close the service tonight with one of those suspended cords and just leave it unresolved, I, I'm telling you that your body is going to be screaming before long for something. you got to do something. you got to resolve that. It's like, almost like your heart is waiting for the next beat. Your lungs are waiting for the next breath. It, it just, you're hanging you become suspended. And, and music that is carnal will be filled with that and never resolve any of that tension. So you walk away from hearing just one song like that and you're ready to black somebody's eye or go shoot up the town or I'm telling you, it it happens. I'm not exaggerating. That's what this kind of music drives people to. It is, it is no shock to me. The levels of teen violence and fornication that goes on in today's society. When young people are living and feeding off of this musical tension that is never resolved. And they will find ways to resolve it. That's right. Um, Look, years ago, and, and music has gotten progressively worse through the years. But when I was still in college, I read an article um, in uh, the Houston Chronicle. I was was in college in Houston. Houston Chronicle newspaper put out an article that uh, did some studies. And they said at that time that 80% of all illegitimate children were conceived when couples were listening to rock music. It was driving them. It was driving them. Another article that I read reported of a set of tests that was done on laboratory mice. Uh, they took two groups of mice and they, they for eight weeks subjected these two groups to two different kinds of music. Um, one listened to calm classical music and the other to the modern, what was then known as rock music. This has been way back years ago and rock music has gone, it's not hardly even something they talk about now because, uh, the genre has, has changed so much, but this was in the early days, if you please. And, and they, they subjected these mice to just listen to music. Now, that's why I'm telling you, it doesn't matter what the words are. The words are not making a difference here to mice. But they found that after eight weeks of just listening to that music for eight weeks... That They played it. They kept those mice in a room and played music to them for eight weeks. At the end of those eight weeks, they turned them loose in a maze. And those that had been listening to the modern stuff could not find their way through the maze. They were confused. They didn't know where they were going. They didn't know what was going on. The other mice had no problem. Then... They took these mice, they euthanized them, dissected their brains. And I'm telling you, this is what the article said, that after eight weeks of that music, there were, quote, abnormal neuron structures in the region associated with learning memory. Now, do you know what that means? To put it into plain English, that music was killing their brain cells. has nothing to do with the lyrics. Put Deuteronomy 6 and 4 in the music, doesn't matter. The music was destroying brain cells. There was another study more recently where they took some lab rodents and subjected them to rap. I'm going to tell you what happened is as soon as the music started, these rodents started mating. There was something about the rap that aroused in them their base nature. Now, you're going to tell me that we can use that to worship God? Are you really going to try to convince me that God's pleased just because we put a few good words in there? When it is stirring up lust within the heart of the listener. Just the music. Look, if we really understand the effect that music has on us. We're going to draw some lines about what we listen to. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17, we, we often use this for cigarettes and alcohol, but listen to what he said. If
1: any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy. For the temple of God is holy, which temple ye are
0: yeah now go to uh, chapter six, verse 19, First Corinthians 6 verse 19. Should be the very next one. First Corinthians
1: 6:19. What know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which ye have of God. And you're not of your own. All right,
0: so both of these come from the very same letter of Paul to the church at Corinth, 1 Corinthians. In chapter 3, he said, if you defile the temple of God, God's going to destroy you. In chapter 6, he says, your body is the temple of God. So we've often used this for cigarettes and alcohol and illicit drugs and whatever. You you don't need to be harming your body. But when you consider... What the volume of the music is doing, that's harming your body. When you consider what the discordant sounds are doing to your brain cells, that's harming your body. When you consider what happens with this all of this musical tension that's unresolved, I'm telling you, you are defiling the temple of God. So we need to be careful, we need to be careful, we need to be careful. I, I'm, I'm looking through my notes. I don't know that there's, I don't know that there's, but I need to spend a lot more time on any of this. I've got a lot more scriptures, but, you know, I, let, me just, let me just hit a couple things very quickly here. Um,
1: I know there are those
0: who say we have to use modern music to reach our young people today. We have to be relevant to the world today. We've got to put it, you know, on their level if we're going to reach them. Well, I, I want to tell you something. God, while God uses music, God doesn't use music as the means for salvation. First Corinthians one twenty one tells us what God does use. 1 Corinthians one twenty one,
1: Got it? For after that in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. God
0: chose the foolishness of preaching to save
1: them that believe.
0: I love singing. I believe singing helps us. We've talked about that. I believe there's a power in it. I believe there's a benefit to it. But God didn't choose that to be the method whereby people would be saved. So we don't have to let down our standard with regard to music to save young people. The same preaching that will save any of us will save them as well. Well, praise God. I'm telling you, when we start trying to use terms like Christian rap, Christian rock, or whatever... that's like, that's like saying Christian cigarettes. Oh, it's okay for me to smoke these. They're Christian cigarettes. Or it's all right for me to drink this. It's Christian alcohol. Well, that's right. What's, what's the difference? We're taking something that is demonic and trying to Christianize it. It doesn't work, brothers and sisters. This is what, This is what... The children of Israel tried to do 2 Kings 17.33. I'm trying to go through these verses very,
1: very quickly. They feared the Lord and served their own gods after the manner of the nations whom they carried away from thence. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? To me, that's
0: one of the the most uh, complex statements in the Scripture. Did you see what he said? They feared the Lord and they served their own gods. They feared the Lord, but they didn't want to give up their idolatry. I think that's what's going on with much of today's music. People are saying, well, I fear God. Well, I love Jesus. but they are following after their own gods and the kind of music they are producing and they are listening to. Amen. Amen. Romans 13, 14. I'm trying to see if there's anything else I really need to say here. And, and uh, Sister Becca, if you want to come, I've got, I've got several several more scriptures, but I'm, I'm just trying to see if there's anything else I need to say tonight. Romans 13 14, the Apostle Paul said this.
1: But put ye on the Lord. Put ye on the Lord Christ, Jesus Christ and make
0: not provision make for the flesh.
1: For the, the lust thereof. To fulfill the lusts thereof.
0: The reason why some people have so much problem with their flesh is because they continually provide for it. That's right. They continually provide for it. Apostle Paul said, Don't make provisions for the flesh. You got a problem smoking? I want to tell you the easiest way to break the habit quit buying cigarettes. As long as you keep buying them, you'll keep smoking them. Got a problem with pornography? Unplug your internet. Don't make provision for the flesh. <sighs> All right, I, I, I've got a lot more, but I'm not gonna. Anything I haven't said is in the little book that Brother Josh was so gracious a few years ago to make into ebook for me and put it on Amazon. You can get it there. I don't even have copies of it myself. I think I got one copy somewhere I wrote. Back in the mid-80s, a booklet on this very subject. And I think most of what I've got in the remainder of my notes is found in that booklet. I'm not going to keep you longer to try to cover all of that. And if you don't want to buy that, I'll send you my notes. Just do it that way. Um, But anyhow, I, I I hope that in the course of these three lessons, You've gleaned something that will help you to make some decisions about the kind of music you listen to. I hope that you'll ask yourself when you're listening Does this music carry me into God's presence or away from it? Does it make me want to worship? Or does it just make me want to dance? Hello? Music was created to be a tool to help us worship. And that's the way we ought to see it. Let's stand tonight. Let's lift our hands to the Lord. Let's talk to him together right now, everybody. Come on, let's talk to him. Let's talk to him. Lord, I love you. Can I ask you to pray a prayer right now? Would Would you be willing to tell God, I want you to be Lord even over my music? I want you to be the Lord over what I listen to. And if you're ever displeased with something that I'm listening to, God, please let me feel conviction. Don't let me just keep listening. I don't want it to affect me wrong. Come on, let's let's lift our hands. Let's talk to him right now. Would you do that? Would you pray that prayer to the Lord right now, right where you're at? Just pray that prayer to Him. Talk to Him right now. Just talk to Him right now. Talk to Him right now. Can you make that commitment, Lord? I want you to be the Lord of my music. I want you to be the Lord over every area of my life. I don't want to withhold anything, God. I don't want to withhold anything from you. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. God bless you tonight. Um, Thursday night.